Hey everybody, it's Mike. It's uh, 6.45 a.m. on Friday, March 27th. We're still kind of getting used to the new normal that uh, that most folks who are in self-isolation uh, are uh, dealing with. And of course, we continue to thank our healthcare workers and everybody, um, the grocery stores and all that, that are actually uh, working still in public in this time. But because we're not in a normal space, um, professionally uh we're, we're kind of putting a hold on our big idea season for now we're going to continue to focus on delivering some content that might be helpful to everybody uh in these circumstances so we have the amazing sarah robertson on the show today she gives some really good tips on uh how best to get through this uh and as well check out our show notes she's given us some great recommendations on books to read right now um that are useful and as well an amazing resource uh her daily routine which gives you like an example of her power hour, what sort of exercises she works in, how she moves throughout the day. Uh, check out the show notes for that. I, I, I've already reviewed it. I'm looking forward to implementing a good portion. So um, yeah, with that, here's the episode. We hope it's useful. We hope you enjoy it uh, and have a good day. Welcome to the Lori Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. In this special episode, we speak about the pandemic once more, but this time it's with our first returning guest, Sarah Robertson. I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello, Darlene. Hello, What's going on? Mike. What's going yeah. on? Oh, what, is, what is going on? <laughs> Ugh. I feel like things are even a little bit more toned back than they were when we last spoke, right? When we, what do you mean by toned back? Well, there was a time last week when we could still leave the house without the same sense of kind of, uh, I don't know, what is it, impending doom? What is that feeling when you leave our house right now and you see your neighbors from across mm. the street? I think I, back? wait, I thought about this and I think it feels like, uh, just like if the world was uh, experiencing a global pandemic and we were all asked <laughs> to stay in our homes. <laughs> it does feel like that, it strangely, feels, since that is yeah. what it is. It feels like everyone is out of their depth, out of their comfort zone, Right. I think we're used to some people feeling out of their comfort zone, but even I, I don't know. I just feel like they're, it's fraught with danger. Yeah. For me, this is really, uh, really odd anyway. Yeah. And I got to say, I came out swinging last week. I was like, this is a, this could, you know, silver lining central. I was all about it. Not to say I'm a pessimist right now, but I'm a little bit more rooted in like the very real reality of this thing. And I'm a little tired and I'm very, you know, I'm really looking forward to the conversation with Sarah today because she, uh, as I've said before, always leaves me with a lot to think about and process and apply. And in fact, proof of that is that just before we started recording today, I was doing the box breathing method that she brought to us in the first episode that she guested on um, because I literally had just run up the stairs from doing my morning shift with the kids, transitioning directly into this recording session. And um, yeah, and and she had gave me that tool, which I use and is extremely helpful. So I'm sure that in this episode, she'll give us some more tools to deal with this like very unforeseen, uncertain, totally random time. 
I spoke with her yesterday as a bit of a pre-call because when this all started to happen and we decided we would do another episode, I started to think, you know who I really want to hear from? I want to hear what Sarah's telling people to do. And I have seen her doing a bunch of webinars for the profession. Yeah, she's a wealth of information and just calming, nice and calming. So looking forward to it. I feel like um, this whole thing will be a bit of a... uh of like tide coming in and out. It, I don't know what my metaphor is for this, but I feel like we're all going to have different feelings about what we're all experiencing as this evolves. So maybe you're, you haven't changed. Do you feel the same way you did last week when we recorded? No, not at all. I think that it is a, uh, I, I would say last week I was not that concerned about the day-to-day you know, yeah. exposure to the virus. I would say that's fair. Yeah. This week, I would say I'm very worried about making a mistake. I'm very mindful of I don't want to watch, which is really no break from the norm <laughs> as I say that out right, loud. Right. <laughs> Much of this podcast is designed to uh, talk about the fear of making a mistake for lawyers is, is very acute. But I think, you know, yesterday I got a call from my dry cleaner that's at the end of my street that I have a long relationship with, many years of taking my stuff there, chatting with them. And they called and said, we're going to be closing. And can you come pick up your stuff? And I thought to myself, oh, yeah, of course I will. Of course, they're going to want to get paid for their stuff before they have to have a break. But then as I was walking there, I was like, should I be doing this? You know, is this kosher? Should I just e-transfer them and say, keep it? Like what? Anyway, this is the kind of stuff I find. I do not want to have a mental load about dry cleaning pickup. Like I do not want to have that. Yeah, definitely not a... Not a major thing on the list, you know? Not major, but then that is what I think this this is provoking. It's a little, ner- it's, it's neurosis inducing, if that makes sense. I'm really trying to focus on just keeping myself in a good headspace. That's the key. I've got some people depending on me, a lot of people, and I have to stay in the game and stay positive and stay working and healthy and all that stuff. So doing it for other people is kind of what's, what's keeping me uh, focused. Okay. So uh, today we have our first returning guest, Sarah Robertson. So uh, for those of you that haven't listened to the first episode we did with her, one of our most popular, it's a great episode on mindfulness in the profession. Um, She's the founder of Lime Horse, and that's a professional education company that focuses on the legal profession. Uh, She offers online and in-person training in mindfulness, emotional intelligence, organizational development, and peak performance. She's a faculty and advisory board member of University of Toronto's AMM Mind Program, a CLE Planning Task Force member with the Mindfulness and Law Society and Performance Specialist at Mindful Gateway Consulting. Her passion lies in helping legal professionals build resilience and cultivate purposeful work. Uh, You can learn more about Limehorse's programs at limehorse.com. So without further ado, here is Sarah. Hey, hi guys. Welcome back. Your second turn on the Lawyer Life pod. Yeah, second turn. And, uh, you know, it kind of feels like a little bit of a trial by fire sort of thing here. You know, we re- pulled this together pretty quickly. This is, uh, we're all working on different schedules. My inbox is flooded with webinar invitations, everyone trying to just get information out to their their people that are listening and thinking through 
the mindfulness episode that we did back in the fall, that was a popular one. Lawyers seem very ready for this idea that mindfulness can help in the legal profession. And so as our second pandemic episode, we thought we'd bring you back and talk about how to apply some of that stuff to this particular situation. Does that sound about right, Mike? It sounds exactly right. Uh, okay. Well done, Lucky. Darlene. <laughs> that would be so awkward if you're like, actually, there's 13 things wrong. No, not awkward. The only awkward thing, I think uh, both you and I, Darlene, and I can't speak for Sarah, but we're just r- rushing into this recording session from uh, putting our kids down for nap. And uh, what a <laughs> mental pivot it is to to do so. So I think that I'm ready mm-hmm. to have Sarah, you know, explain... Uh, what it's like to be feeling what we're feeling, what we can do to kind of ground ourselves in this absolutely ambiguous, weird, stressful, anxious, ridden experience that the whole world is going through. So Sarah, no big ask there, right? Yeah, <laughs> no big ask. Well, I think, you know, what I what I want to try and communicate is a lot of um, you know, what I've learned and and what I do, it's, um, this is a situation where it's going to be something where people are really going to have to lean into figuring out what what's good for them, because, you know, we all have, um, you know, different situations that we're living in, whether that be, you know, the nature of our work situation, what our family or home situation is like. Um, so, you know, anything I'm sharing here is sort of like, here's some things that I find work really well that you might want to try, but, you know, I, I will um, send it out to people to, you know, be um, gentle with yourselves on how you, you know, you move through this time because uh, there, you know, I have a lot of suggestions, but um, like everyone else, I mean, I think it's a really difficult time to be trying to um, trying to be looking for answers or offering answers. I think that's a great point uh, because one thing I've only really started to see, and I don't think I've seen the full extent of it, is that even though we're all kind of doing the same thing, like we're all just tucked away in our living spaces, and it seems like it's very easy to say everyone's having the same experience, but I would like I'm even having a different experience that I had last week, let alone somebody who is, you know, in a condo alone or in a family home with grandparents and kids running around like everybody has there's a whole spectrum of people in in terms of the circumstance that they're in and then let alone you know in the process that we're all kind of coming to understand what life is like um right now uh so i think that's a really good point sarah and something truthfully um that i didn't necessarily see uh you know at the beginning of last week for example yeah. Yeah. And I would say like, you know, if we're going to start talking about, um, you know, our mental states during this time, I mean, it's a very, very dynamic time. Um, so like, I think it's really important that we take to, the time to acknowledge like this is hard. Um, it might be different versions of hard for people, but it's hard. And that, you know, whatever we're feeling at this time is is okay. You know, the, the emotions, the feelings, the things that are coming up, you know, um, there is no right or wrong, especially at this point in time. And, you know, that we're we're going to be tested with what we have as far as our coping skills. And, you know, when we're in a place like this where there's lots of anxiety, lots of fear, lots of uncertainty, and we're going to want to reach for things like, 
denial, distraction, projecting, um, obsessing, you know, grasping or trying to control. And those are all going to be natural reflexes. But, you know, when we can realize that those things are not going to serve us in the long run and that it's going to keep us stuck in those feelings, um, that acknowledging them and finding ways to move through them is going to be something that's really, really going to help us weather this time and weather this transition that we're in. So, you know, I do want to let people know, like understanding, and I'm experiencing this and people I'm talking to are experiencing this, that, you know, our feelings are going to change a lot. They're going to come in waves. You know, we're, we're grieving, we're grieving, you know, our normalcy to an extent. And so, you know, we may have periods of feeling fine, followed by periods of, you know, um, overwhelm or, um, you know, periods of depression or feeling fatigued and, and that that is both normal and expected and okay. And try not to judge what we're experiencing right now and understanding that, you know, the really, you know, the only, the only way out of this is, is through, it is like a, you know, it is a grieving process that we, we need to make our way through what's happening. And, and that's challenging too, because it, it's changing as rapidly as our emotions are. Sometimes you've got a certain level of coping skills and they're designed for your existing life. You know, like you've got, got your routines, you've got your systems, get a curveball, And if it's a small curveball, your existing systems are good. And then if you get a major curveball, what I have experienced throughout my, my, my journey, I guess, with this, with this stuff is that sometimes you get a curveball that's too big for your coping resources mm-hmm. And you've got to really double down on on all the stuff that worked to get you to success in your normal life. And I think that's what I'm going through, which is, okay, I've got things pretty in order in my regular day. This is not my regular day on so many levels. Flexibility and adaptability are your allies right now. So I am going to talk about the importance of having structure, but, um, you know, holding tight onto that or expectations of, you know, things going smoothly is, um, is not a realistic place to be right now. So, um, so we did talk about a VUCA world. So that's an acronym, um, that actually comes from the U S military post, uh, cold war. And what it stands for is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And for the most part, I mean, the, this is what the world is like. We live in a VUCA world. Um, for us, you know, living in first world countries, for the most part, though, we, we've been in, you know, relatively stable, predictable, manageable, and well-defined times for, um, you know, for quite some time now. And one of the things about the, the way that the human brain works is that, um, you know, we try to predict the future based on updating probabilities from our past experience. And um, we're experiencing now what would be referred to, if you have ever followed, um, uh, Nicholas Nassim Taleb is his name. He wrote a book called Anti-Fragile, and he sort of popula- popularized this black swan event concept. And what a black swan event is, is that it's extremely rare. Um, it's an extremely rare event with severe consequences. And what that does is it tends to expose the fragility of our systems. And so we're seeing that in a global sense right now, you know, particularly with our healthcare system. And that is... Um, you know, that's one of the reasons that we're going through the, um, you know, the self uh, social distancing and self isolation is because, you know, w- there is some fragility in our in our healthcare systems, but we're going to start seeing, you know, we're seeing the fragility in our own um, uh, systems at sort of like an individual and family level as well. So we're seeing, you know, um, our 
financial, you know, stability and all of these sorts of things um, and, and how that's impacted. And so one of the things that comes out of this is because we, we really have no lived precedent for this type of event that creates an extreme anxiety. And one of the things that I think you guys were talking, touching on here is, you know, anxiety is really a sensation um, that we have or, or um, something that we experience when we don't believe that our skills can match the task at hand. I've seen a lot of people worrying about that. And Mike and I talked on our first pandemic episode about we we don't have the stress of learning to work virtually. That's not a stress that we have. Mm-hmm. But I think to your to both of the points that you, you're making, uh, Mike and Sarah, everyone's dealing with a different challenge. You know, there are people, if you consider, there are people who have their pre-existing conditions. There are people who are already economically fragile. There are people who are pregnant you know, going through morning sickness and like all of this stuff and worrying about the health of their baby in a normal, you know, something that's Mm -hmm. already stressful. And then in this environment, very, very stressful. So that kind of stuff is, I I think when you think about anxiety within a spectrum, we've, we've always talked on this podcast about that this stuff is on a spectrum and anyone can be triggered at any time, right? So we all have some stuff in our life that we're worrying about. And I think when you, when you're in a situation like this, like you're talking about a black swan event or this VUCA world, um, I think just to be really open and honest with each other and try to, I know we talked about connecting, but this idea of, yes, things are going to feel like they're breaking or not working or you know, I think there's a lot of living in, have I made the right decision so far? How will I live in the future? you know, focusing on the past, ruminating about the future. I'm, I find that stuff extraordinarily unhelpful. <laughs> Understandable, but extraordinarily mm-hmm. unhelpful. This is unprecedented. We don't know what we're doing. We have to just fumble our way through one day by one day, right? Or is there a way to find a center for ourselves in this? As far as, you know, finding a center in this storm, um, I, I would recommend focusing on getting back to basics. You know, if you want to think about a tree, you know, a, a tree needs strong roots to weather a storm. So um, tending to your mind, body, spirit, so that being like your mental state, physical state, um, your social, spiritual connections. Um, I'm going to promote self-compassion. I mean, I'll always promote compassion for others as well, but self-compassion in this because, um you know, tending, tending to yourself is, is really important at this, at this time. And, you know, as Darlene, you mentioned, there's a lot of past and future thinking going on and judgments about should have done this or what will happen if this, what will I do if this happens? And, um, I'm going to throw out already a quick exercise for people that I find really helpful. And, um, so anytime you're in that, um, you know, judgment of I should have done this, or what am I going to do here? Or that there's some sort of problem that comes up. Um, Imagine a friend coming to you with that and how you would, what advice or, you know, what sort of support you would give to them. And that's how you should be speaking to yourself right now. If you wouldn't say it to your friend, don't say it to yourself. Hmm. If that makes sense. That does. That's very good advice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then the other one is, is, you know, where we, we are where we are. So accepting what is. Um, a book recommendation I'd throw out on that one is uh, Tara Brock has a book called Radical Acceptance. Um, right. It is a 
it's a great book. And through that book, I mean, she has this mantra that everything that comes at you just saying, okay, this too, this too. Mm-hmm. So it seems, sounds like a really simple, you know, maybe it may, might sound as I'm saying it, like it's something that's oversimplified, but, you know, practicing non-resistance, you know, a welcoming stance towards what we're experiencing because it's, ha- it's happening whether we want to accept it or not. You know, that's where I would, I would kind of look at getting started is like really focusing on, on, on those things, tending to yourself, accepting what is is going to be probably um, the best foundation on um, building resilience through, through this time. So what are the routines? Like, how do you actually do that? Maybe tell us a bit about how you do it and then we can take some tips. Um, Yeah. So just um, quickly, like I, I like to, and and this is through, you know, some of the training that I've had is following the understanding of uh, some of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So this is a human motivation theory. And um, basically what it says is that we have these, these needs that have to be satisfied before we can move on to fulfilling other needs. And so the first one is your physiological needs. So sleeping well, eating well, exercising, hydrating, breathing, those are all the foundational things. Um, You are, you know, to set for peak performance, I always recommend this, but in a situation like this, you know, having yourself, um, you know, fundamentally operating at your best physically is going to allow you to move into being of service to others as well as, you know, I think we're all looking to, um, you know, have healthy or the healthiest immune system systems possible right now. So tending to your, um, your physical well-being is going to set a really good foundation there. Um, uh, the other physiological piece would be your mind, you know, taking care of your mind. What are you thinking? Um, setting up some habits. Uh, I know Rachel Shipper talked about this, structure equals freedom. So lowering our cognitive load, setting up some things so that we have an idea of what we're doing the next day, um, reducing the amount of decision-making And um, so, you know, you've got to fulfill your physiological needs. And then the next thing would be safety. And so safety is a bit of a tricky one right now, because it's going to be a matter of perspective. Um, Some people are going to be feeling unsafe around what's happening, you know, maybe with their, their careers or their financial portfolios. But I think there's some, some work that can be done here on perspective in just appreciating, you know, if you have access to food and a roof over your head, and your family is safe, and that to, you know, focus on appreciation of that right now. And then the next thing would be definitely connecting and connecting. um, Connecting is hard to do when we're feeling um, physiologically threatened or our survival is threatened or we're feeling unsafe. Um, So it might seem more effortful than it would at other times. But I think, you know, making sure that we're reaching out to people. um, I think this is a really good opportunity to reach out to people on a deeper level or to connect with people on a deeper level. Like a lot of our days, um, this has been my experience, you know, we interact with people in a really superficial way. Mm-hmm. And so there's opportunity here, I think, to talk about, to get really, you know, honest about how we're feeling and how other people are feeling. And, um, and you know, building those connections is great for a boost of oxytocin, um, which is also good for your immune system. So, and, and, you know, being, um, discerning about the types of the types of interactions and connections that we're having right now and making sure that you know they're serving us in a way that is um uh you know keeping keeping us balanced and and you know not pulling 
um, pulling us into some of these kind of fear factory rabbit holes that are that are existing at this time as well. Incredibly helpful list of useful tips. And I love lists, so thank you very much. <laughs> um, I'm also struggling with, and Sarah, your points that you've already covered are great about like, you know, being having self compassion. So understanding this is a difficult time and not being hard on too hard on yourself, and you know, talking yourself as you would a friend. Very useful. But I think that it maybe in this thing, I need a friend who's going to yell at me to get off my ass at night, and uh, it's hard. Like having a full day of balancing work. Um, and in our situation, kids in the house and and on top of everything else that's going on, come 8.30, 9 o'clock, it's hard to be like, okay, now I'm going to you know put myself through this like exercise routine. Um, and I don't want to be angry at myself for that, but at some point I need to do it. So that's something I'm struggling with. I know I'm not hitting all the stuff I need to, 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 to be performing super well right now, but I feel like also if I push myself too far, then I'll just become like an angry troll. You know, <laughs> I won't do that. No one wants to listen to the podcast by the angry troll. Yeah, Mike, Mike podcasting from under a bridge. Yeah, just <laughs> wait two weeks from now if I could find a bridge. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I I have been thinking about that just because we always try to find this balance between being judgmental for not doing our stuff and pushing ourselves in an appropriate way, and I do think that there is real risk right now in any kind of slide towards bad habits. I think it's risky. I mean, I would I would definitely agree with that, Darlene. You know, I one of my um, kind of personal mantras when I'm going through a difficult time is no more suffering than necessary. And that sort of translates to um, saying like, you know, this is, I mean, this is hard. It's bad. It's scary. Um, but, you know, believe you me, I can make it worse if I want to. <laughs> yes, we all can. We all can. We all can. And so I think what you're speaking to here, like I don't, I mean, when I talk about, you know, self-compassion and, you know, take, being easy on yourself and stuff like that, I mean, please don't translate that into, you know, an excuse to check out on life because that's not what we're talking about here. I think we I think we have a duty to ourselves and to others to show up in the best way possible under these circumstances. I mean, I would rather be a leader for the people in my life than a liability for them. Mm, so that's a good I know for lawyers. Yeah. So I'm either like I'm either taking care of the people around me or putting them in a position to take care of me. And mm. um you know, and, and those that happens through the choices that I make. If I'm not mentally in a good place or physically in a good place to the degree that I can be, um, you know, I am putting that responsibility, um, potentially putting that responsibility onto onto someone else. So, you know, what are the consequences of, you know, sitting on the couch in with, you know, no pants, eating Doritos, watching Netflix? Have you been looking in my window, Sarah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems a little too on point. <laughs> a little too on point. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I still need you to watch a little bit of Netflix because without Mike's tips, I actually don't have any, no. I get overwhelmed going into Netflix. Don't know what to watch. Yeah. But I mean, like it's, like I said, it's not, it's, you know, you know, if you need a break, cause like, you know, yeah, this is, it's heavy. It's exhausting going through something like this, dealing with these emotions. You know, I know emotions and lawyers is something that can be a little bit of a tricky area sometimes, but like emotions are energy and they can be draining and especially these heavy ones that we're going through like this fear and anxiety and grief it will take a toll on you so if you have a day where you feel like you got hit by a bus 
and you need to just kind of rest and restore whatever that looks like, go for it. Um, but if, like I said, if you're turning that into an excuse not to engage with life anymore, then that's that's probably something that you you know you want to look at. And um, another point that I'll go on this is in general, like um, tips to people that are struggling is, you know, if you're you're better off to do in order to feel better than wait until you feel better in order to do, even if it's small things. Hmm. You can sort of do your way, act your way into something is what you're saying. Yeah. Little, yeah. Act your way into something. Exactly. So is those, those little things, uh, you know, if, if you're feeling low energy, is it, oh, well, at least tonight, make sure you eat healthy because that's going to give you a bit of momentum or, you know, do that one push up and see if you can do more. And that's, you know, is that the sort of thing that you're talking about, Sarah, like small things that will help trend you into the right direction, even if you are starting low? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you take an incrementalist approach right now, you know, whatever, whatever you can do, whatever is available to you at this point in time and building on that is going to, is going to be really useful in, um, in this, in this is habit formation too. It's repeating, you know, the same thing over and over again until it just becomes something, you know, something that you do. I know Mike, you had mentioned that one book, but there's another one called Atomic Habits by James Clear. That's a really good one too. If, um, people are looking to take some of this time to, you know, to build some healthy habits. Have you guys seen this, uh, message that uh, a teacher in the US sent their students and then a, a baseball player posted it on his Twitter. So it's gone viral. Um, but basically, the 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 teacher was saying, it's advice for kids. But I think it applies to basically everybody It was like, don't worry about guiding your kids through every lesson that they're missing. And mm-hmm. don't harp on them about not being interested in math right now. And what is more important than anything is that when your kids look back at this time, uh, it's as, you know, pleasant as possible and not traumatic, frankly, which it, it could be for people. And so the, the, the beginning of all this, what success is here is just making sure that we all do okay. Uh, <laughs> and to the extent do well. And, forgiving ourselves for not being the, you know, typical students or typical professionals or, you know, all that extra stuff is okay. And and, and at least I found that to be a really good um, kind of touchstone here as, as we really dig into um, being self-isolated and, and looking at a timeline that is uh, at least here in Canada longer than we might have anticipated from the beginning. I echo that completely with the kids, you know, we have to think about us, but I I have found it helpful to me when I think about the people around me and what they are going through. It gives me some, something to focus on that is real and meaningful to other people. Takes me out of my own head a little bit. At some point we will move through this and I don't know what it looks like, you know, on the other side, but um, there I think is equal opportunity for positive outcome as well, you know, we're, we're really getting some perspective, I'm really getting some perspective on what's important. There are a lot of things that I was spending my time on that just were pulling at my attention and that that have just sort of fallen off, like this is not that important right now. Hmm. And um, so I think, you know, that's something that is positive, maybe, you know, there's some opportunity to jumpstart some change for people. Um, uh, On the last episode for anybody who that I was on for anybody who hasn't listened to it yet, you know, that I talked about the fact that, um, you know, I'm in recovery. 
Um, and so, you know, some people that may have been avoiding, um, tackling any issues that they might have, you know, maybe there's some opportunity here to reach out, to look at, you know, joining a recovery group or participating in a 12 step program or reaching out to people for help. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's an opportunity for people who are isolated, for people who, like I said, are finding themselves at home and at loose ends and boredom is a real driver loss of center, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is a big deal for people. So the world is kind of hitting a strange bottom that could help everyone level up, although it doesn't feel like that right now, but everyone's kind of hitting the hitting this at once. So it is a source of solace for so many people. Same with all of the faith stuff. It's useful to just not think it's all about us and we have to fix everything, that there's something bigger here you know, smarter people, better systems coming down the pipeline. And um, I don't know, this is a real opportunity to think about some of that stuff. Well, and uh, speaking of an opportunity, we'll take this opportunity to let Sarah go. Sarah's been doing the good work Check her out. We'll, we'll post her um, various handles for social media and stuff because um, she's been doing online cl- courses that help with all this sort of stuff that we're talking about. Um, I've been seeing how busy you are and uh, thanks for taking the time to, uh, to hop on here and give us some great advice. Yeah, thank you. Actually, I'm jumping on in three minutes to talk to my developer about how to put in a um, pay what you can option on the stress management course that I have. Mm. So that'll be coming up soon. So if anyone's looking to get you know, some additional support in that regard online and some CPD hours as well, <laughs> then you can, uh, um, that'll, that'll be, uh, that'll be coming up, uh, that available soon. I don't, I don't want finances to be a barrier for people, um, you know, getting the support that they need at this point in time. And that is limehorse.com. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Alrighty. After this, Darlene and I will be back with our goods and gripes. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us with the overall acknowledgement that we're going to talk about trivial stuff in this segment and not the major issue that's facing folks. Darlene, do you have a good? I have a thing that I would like to promote and support. As you, uh-huh. as listeners of the pod will know, I am just not much of a tweeter. I checked my my tally the other day and for for Interalia. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is that what people on Twitter are called? I don't know. Is it even? Probably a tweeter? A Twitter, Twitterer? I don't know. I don't have the answer. I just think it's awkward. It's super awkward. They need to work on that if that's the thing. Well, probably maybe others know the answer. Person who tweets, which is I don't even like the Person word tweets. tweets. Fine. Um, Whatever. I have thought of a hashtag for something that I would like to promote. And were I efficient at Twitter, I would use it. But I'm going to spread it here in case people can do it and get into it. I've been out walking a ton with my kids, trying to get out of the house once a day, keeping my six feet of distance and all that. But here's the thing. I have noticed that a lot of people are not even smiling or saying hello 
from six feet away. What? And I feel like we need to be like, keep smiling, hashtag keep smiling, you know, keep smiling at each other. Cause last time I checked, no one has said a smile transmits viruses. So that's my, I think it would be good if just as an outcome. It's a gripe with a, with a good solution. It's a gripey good. It's like a gripe happened. And then I thought of a good where yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. I decided to do it for myself. And then I was like, this could be my first idea for a hashtag. <laughs> My entire life. I love people oh who think they have Keep smiling. Oh, my, I can't wait till that uh, definitely goes viral. Oh, it's totally yeah. going to go viral with my like 700 tweets or whatever I've done in, yeah. in seven years. Anyway, uh, what is your... I'm sorry, to hear, I'm sorry to hear that people don't uh, smile in your neighborhood. You obviously live in a terrible place. Unlike my neighborhood, people cross the street, very conscientious, especially because we have young kids with us. But it's hello and how you doing city over here. It right. is. You can't. I've never talked to people more. Actually. Small town versus. Small town. I normally would say, you know, I actually I'm I think you're right. I think there people didn't necessarily always say hello before this crisis. And that's what I would like to fix, too. Yeah. This is yeah. a hello town to begin with. The, my, my town I live in. Even kids, little. It's the sweetest thing. Like an eight year old boy. You walk by him and he says hi in our neighborhood. It is like the sweetest Amazing. thing. In the world. Uh, OK, my good. That could be your good. I mean, yeah, it's good. Hello, towns. Hashtag hello, towns. Are you a... Okay, now I'm on fire. Now I'm, now I'm just a hashtagger. Oh, man. Darlene, you're such a marketing guru. Um, okay. My good is I built my daughter and I guess son in the future a sand and water table out of wood that I had around the house and some old bins. And that felt really good. I enjoyed doing that. And uh, my daughter used it for the first time today. And that was very satisfying. Uh, So I don't know if the good is being resourceful or whatever, but it's you'll notice that my goods and gripes are all focused on my backyard right now because we're spending so much time there. Um, And my gripe is for those of you who tune in exclusively for me to talk about my lawn and garden uh, in the spring and summer months. Here we go. It's back, baby. Um, You might remember... Those of you who listen closely might remember that last year I planted clover in places where grass isn't growing well, um, which worked really well and it grew and gave good green cover. But the problem is that in the winter, it just completely goes away, unlike grass and grass stays. And so you have a foundation of green uh, in the spring uh, with grass, but with clover, you don't. And it's just mud everywhere. And so most of my yard Mm -hmm. is not doesn't have a grounding force, which means uh, it's very messy and, and not visually appealing. And uh, that is my gripe currently that I want to uh, solve. So there's your Mike backyard gardening news for all of you. Hashtag Mike Garden fans uh, out wow. there. For yeah. all of you. I don't all know. Of you. I get, the be- letters I get. Oh, my goodness. Just <laughs> tell us more about the clover you planted. Everybody just loves it. It is a recurring, yeah. a recurring theme for sure, right? Well, good for <laughs> you for being like basically a pioneer, a pioneering guy oh, building yeah. a water table. Yeah, build a water thing. We're gonna <laughs> churn my own butter next week. It's gonna be. <laughs> I look forward to that update. And getting a goat. Anyway, uh, no. Thank you for doing this because I will say for the listeners that it is important to us that we be talking about this during this time. It's definitely not an easy choice of uh, how to spend the time. And Mike handles a lot of the technical back end of these podcasts. So thank you. I think it's important and hopefully we're helping some people and getting out of our own heads just by doing the podcast is the goal. So if you're enjoying it, let us know. If you want to hear about other things, let us know. 
you want to hear more about Mike's backyard, uh, <laughs> we'll start a new podcast. Just let us know. <laughs> yeah. I guess let us know. I guess we could devote a segment oh, to Oh, it could be really nice. I could record it outside so you hear the birds. Yeah. It'd be like very calming. Like, and now I am planting my clover seeds <laughs> to water them. And in a number of weeks, this backyard will be green once more. You know, it's not a bad thing. You might want to I would listen to add that. that to your, would I'm you? Find okay. Some yeah. Live action gardening podcasts. Anyway. <laughs> Like my in-laws would listen to that podcast. Oh, I think they're a wide audience, actually. Anyway, really for another time. Thank you for this. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Okay, talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.